Welcome to the Legal Slant podcast hosted by me, Jessica Jaramillo. And me, Vanessa Petrie. In each episode, we interview legal marketing professionals and leaders who are making an impact in our industry. We spotlight the unique challenges legal marketers face and we celebrate their successes too. We are passionate about bringing the legal marketing community together to provide wisdom, humor, camaraderie, and a few life hacks along the way. Working in this industry requires a lot of grit and plenty of grace. So join us every other week as we take on tough topics with levity and humor. Hi, everyone. Today, we are speaking with Micah Petrie, and Micah is the chief growth officer for the Allen Firm, which is a seven-lawyer firm. They have two offices located in Stephenville, Texas, and Alito, Texas. He also owns the Branded Hat Company, which produces embroidered hats and other logo items. He's also a musician, and he serves as the worship leader for Hope Rock Church in Lake Travis, Texas. In his spare time, if you can imagine he has any, he creates websites and handles social media for small business owners and political candidates. Micah's name might sound familiar because he's my husband. Uh, He's also the sound engineer for our podcast and several other podcasts. Micah, welcome to The Legal Slant. Yay, I'm here. (laughs) Hello, you finally made it. I finally made it, I have reached the pinnacle of my podcasting career. <laughs> Don't I insult doubt us. That. That's Why not insulting. I love insulting? I love this thing. This is like a authentic legal marketing get in the grub stuff. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put that in our tagline. It sounds really good. Get the grub. Get it. Yeah. <laughs> Season two, get the grub. Well, hey, Micah, thanks for being with us today. Um, you know how this goes. So you could almost ask yourself some of these questions, but um, we're treating him as a normal guest, Jessica. I know we are. Yes. We're super excited to have you on. I hope you know that. Um, And we're super appreciative of everything you've done for us. So we're we're really excited and we're going to have fun with this today. So I'm going to kick us off and ask you our signature question. Tell us something fun or interesting about you that's not on your bio. What did Vanessa leave out? Um, Well... Man, she's she's the writer of the two of us, so she pretty much nailed everything. Um, my newest, funnest hobby is I like to go hang out on the boat. <laughs> oh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, I have become a lake rat, if that's a thing, where I just want to go sit in the middle of the lake with nobody around and have frosty beverages with my wife and maybe a few other select friends. That's awesome. I hear you have some pretty incredible playlists. For those I do. As well. <laughs> yes. Um, nothing better than some Kenny Chesney mixed in with some Ziggy Marley and then some old 70s tunes that make you just want to sit there and float. I am inviting myself on your boating excursions when we can travel again. Okay. I don't think Micah properly thought about this question, which is kind nope. of weird to me because here's what, <laughs> here's what he should have said. When I was in high school, I was in a band and I opened up for Firehouse or whatever it was, right? Yes, that may have happened. Yes. I was, a, I was, a, I was the, I didn't know what I wanted to be when I was in high school because I was doing football and baseball and then I found music. So then I was doing choir and band and dramas and all the things that were artsy so much so that I actually stopped playing sports. So um, that led down to other things as far as joining bands and playing at really cool venues and doing a lot of uh, doing a lot of the kind of 
musician type things back in the day. And then, uh, yeah, it was fun. That sounds so cool. We could have been friends in high school. I don't yeah, think I would well, have been friends with them yeah. in high school. He's kind of a, he was like a band choir nerd. I don't think I, I was a band been. nerd for a while. Well, then y'all would have been friends. I was in a the best hair band in a high school ever had. So um, <laughs> since Vanessa this is a bold was a claim, this is a very bold claim you've made. Since Vanessa was the goth girl yes. or emo or whatever you wanted to call it. Yes. Um, since I'm so much older and, and a bigger generation gap than you. Oh, stop. Stop it. Right just now. joking. It's only three years, but the difference between, I don't know what the difference between goth and emo is. So if you um, weren't covering Cure songs, I probably would not have been impressed with your band. <laughs> so this, well, side story real quick. We did, uh, you know, those project graduation things where the seniors go and they hang out so that they're not all partying all night. We did one of those at a, at a little place in Houston called Fame City. And I think we were in between, it was between freshman and sophomore year. So this was 88 to 89. And you went to and Ailey High School, Hastings. I went to Ailey Hastings High School. And uh, it was one of the biggest high schools ever. But the senior class wanted to, you know, we're doing like Poison and Warrant and all these other hair band <laughs> stuff. And they were like, hey, we want you to play like Fascination Street and some U2 and all this other stuff. And we were like, what? That is so beneath us. We are rockers. Anyway, we ended up learning the songs because we had to do it as part of our set list. So I did get to do Fascination Street in Fame City uh, in 89. I probably dressed up as Robert Smith that year for Halloween. So maybe we could have been friends. Well, obviously um, there was uh, something to connect the two of you because here we are, how many years later? Let's not count, I suppose. Yeah, I shouldn't have said any kind of dates at all in this interview because now people are like uh, freshman 89. Uh, anyway, <laughs> your kids are laughing at you right now. <laughs> yeah, they laugh oh, at us a bunch. You guys are adorable. I love it. So, okay. Now, I, you know, I want to know how you got into legal marketing because you have quite a, a background um, and it's always funny, right? Nobody ever plans to get into legal marketing. So tell me your story. Okay, so... I've always done retail. Retail was like my backbone. Um, even before I met Vanessa, I was, it was food service, like doing Domino's pizza. And then I worked at a place called Oshan where I was a housewares manager. So I could tell you what pots and pans and stuff to do. And then since I'm a musician, I always wanted to be like, you know, you always want to be a star, but there's only a few of those really. So I was going to work on the back end. I always wanted to be a record producer. And I wanted to go to the school. I wanted to go to the school. And part of this school is a, uh, I do audio engineering. So like editing podcasts and, and doing records and all those kinds of things are, are super fun to me. And I'm super into it. I'm kind of like an audio nerd, but the back end of that is I actually got a business degree that focused in the entertainment industry. So the, all the entertainment industry is all marketing. Marketing, 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 marketing the artist, marketing your label, your studio, whatever you are doing. There's also so some learned, IP law that you learned. I did. Copyright, <laughs> licensing. I, yeah. Don't mess with the publishing houses of the big, the big guys. And um, so I learned all this business stuff that I never really, ever really kind of paid attention to or thought that I was going to be, uh, I was ever going to learn. But I knew I needed something other because record producers are like artists yeah, gotta get, it's kind of who you know, got to be in the right place at the right time, all those kinds of things. 
So I end up getting the degree. We, me and Vanessa moved back to Austin. I get a job running a video game store. And then I get a job running a production house that does uh, on-hold messaging and radio commercials and all that other kind of stuff. So I'm hearing all these marketing messages. I'm producing all of these things. I was like, man, okay. So basically my whole life has been marketing of something. Well, we moved to Stephenville and, you know, Vanessa's the big time and what she does and she's doing RFPs and planning parties and all these kinds of things, which is totally not me because I'm not an extrovert. I'm an introvert. So I was like, well, I could never do what she does, but my creative side with the music and all that stuff are in those years, I've learned how to build websites and Photoshop and Illustrator and all these things to make things. I was like, huh, well, maybe I should find something where I could use those skills because those are, I can go anywhere with those. I didn't really try hard because I'm a musician. I want stuff to fall into my lap. I'm kind of lazy. So um, we moved to Stephenville and we ended up, I, Vanessa actually met a lawyer at some event she was at who was having trouble, I think, with a website. And she was like, well, why don't you talk to my husband? He can do that. And, you know, I had done church websites and I usually focus on small business stuff because I think the small business guy kind of gets the runaround sometimes on some of these technical things because I have friends that charge $120, $150 an hour to do a website. And I was like, well, that's not fair to the small guys. They can barely, uh, they can barely do what they're doing. So maybe Vanessa should tell the story about how she met Josh. Yeah. So I'll tell the story. This was interesting. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate. I'm, I'm, you know, we're, we're living in Stephenville, Texas, and I'm working from home uh, for uh, Andrews Kurth at the time doing the proposal manager thing. And one of my lawyers in Austin needed a local counsel uh, in of all places, Erath County. He had a uh, a lawsuit there and um, needed local counsel and asked me who I knew. And I had done some research and we had built a little network by then. I think, Micah, we had a little connection of people. And I knew that the Allen firm was kind of the go-to corporate business law firm in town. They had a really nice office on the square in our cute little downtown, Stephenville. Um, and so I just, I think I just called them up and asked to speak to Josh and said, I just have a weird thing. Uh, you don't know me, but I uh, have a lawyer here that needs a local counsel. And so we I think we met in person. Um, and then he said, you know, what do you do? And I told him and he said, oh, wow, I, I need somebody that does that. And then he started saying, I need a new website and I need graphics and I need all these things. And I said, oh, you don't need me. I don't I haven't done those things in a while. Um, but, you know, who you should talk to is my husband. And so that's how. Remember, I think, Mike, I don't know from there if, you know, you, you got connected. Yeah, so, with him and- yeah, so we had like an initial meeting and he kind of went over the, the, the things that he needed. And I was like, man, that's right in my wheelhouse. I get to work for a lawyer like my wife does. And so uh, they hired me as like a contract labor and I did projects for multiple years for them, websites, internal documentation, external marketing, all kinds of things. And eventually it just turned into a, a full-time job. Yeah, it's been really remarkable to see what you've done there. And I, we really wanted to dig in to kind of this new thing that you've launched. Um, and you've done a few things with them. You've, you've helped them open a new office in Alito, which for people that don't know, is a pretty burgeoning suburb of Fort Worth. Um, they are serious about their football in Alito, Texas. 
Uh, Stephenville obviously has Charlton University, and so they're a pretty small town about an hour from Fort Worth, but, um, you know, they have pretty aggressive marketing plans and goals, and uh, we're going to talk about a few things that you've done for, for them, um, but specifically, I wanted you to talk about this Clio system that you're so excited about. I know you um, helped to kind of launch it and do the research and get the buy-in, um, and certainly this isn't a, a commercial for Clio. I know all of us have launched big programs, but tell us about it and why you're so excited about it and what it kind of tracks. Well, so it's a cloud-based platform that allows us to do all of our CMS client data, as well as uh, time entry and document formations and all those kinds of things. Um, we used to use Time Matters and, and while it was great, it just wasn't fast enough for as fast as we are moving. The firm that I work for, the Allen firm, is a business-centric type of firm. So starting companies with LLCs or nonprofits and all those kinds of things. We're also, we have a real estate section. So we're preparing documents for banks and loan officers, as well as uh, realtors. And then we also have litigation. So uh, all of the business type things that you would need, we are the firm to go in there. But we're also really, really small. So our resources aren't ginormous to where we can build something from scratch. So we found Clio and everything can be housed within there. We can send emails, track phone calls, um, all of our documents. It'll actually prepare documents for us. So I go in and load a, a somewhat of a template and it'll autofill everything for us, which for us is a time saver that we're not having to use our our legal guides uh, time to just email something that we're always going to send like a employment agreement, or since we do a lot of estate planning, we get the general information we need to start up the first, uh, the will, we get all that information up front just by emailing them and with basically two clicks. And so can you, do you also track referral sources and the business development? What on the business development side have you, have you liked about the program? Well, here's what here's what I think is awesome that Clio has done. They have two different programs running at the same time. There's one called Manage, which is the lawyers. We call it the lawyer side and the legal guide side. It is the time tracking. It's all the documents, everything you, you need. But the first section is called Grow. And it's a totally different website, uh, almost a totally different database. Um, at any time, you can go in and add... Uh, a business card or add a connection you made at a golf tournament and just put them in grow as a contact. It's a personal contact for you. It's a contact for your um, whatever. A, a CRM. Yeah. It's kind of like the pre CRM. Okay. We gather all this information before they even become a client so that when they become a client, we just export it directly into manage. So for me, I can track um, the way we have built it is I know exactly where they came from. Did they come from the website? Did they come from Google? Did they come from a personal referral or did they come from an attorney out marketing, you know, at a, a golf tournament or a chamber of commerce event or those kinds of things. So as soon as they are put into the system, all of that information is dropped in right then. Nice. And then can it do like dashboards or how do you, how can you kind of review the data? Is it, is it user-friendly to look at? It is, it has a, actually a report section that kind of gives you the main meat of what you want. 
they do have the option that you can, uh, of course, pay to have some custom reporting done. But for us, you can break it down basically in time segments, either by month, year, quarter, and it'll tell you. I mean, it's been amazing for us because I used to have to hand do this in Excel. Now, since it's already inputted from the very beginning, I can say, okay, December, 25% of our leads came from Google. 15% of our leads came from uh, lawyers at events or legal guides from somewhere. It's it, It's been pretty life-changing because it tells us if something that we're doing is working. All right, so Micah, throw down your tips for small firm marketing. I hear you're this SEO expert, Google ad expert. What do I need to know? Uh, man, I'm, I'm not an expert, uh, but I have spent like the last three years watching every YouTube, Google, whatever video I could find and, and trying to do the and trying to do the hints and stuff I need for my area. And there's going to be people that listen to this and know more than me, but I have figured out for my area, the keywords that specifically go to my firm. So we don't mess around with the generalities of lawyer or attorney. It is uh, litigation firm, company formation, business litigation, uh, estate planning, real estate wills. I mean, all of those, I think we have like 300 different wow. keywords we had for Google ads. Are and you then geo targeting those? those? Uh, well, it does it automatically for Google as far as where they're at and what time they looked at it and all those kinds of things. But all of those codes or those keywords we've actually added to the back end of our website as well. So they, it's kind of like a dual a dual match. One, two punch. Correct. It's, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm no expert on SEO because Google and Bing and all those people change their, the way their algorithms run all the time. So you just kind of have to kind of, uh, if you know where your stuff is coming from and what keywords they use, then I just kind of adjust it by then. Um, talk to us about your infographics and your, your graphics icon resources that you have taught <laughs> me about. I don't know if I can give all of those away because then, no, just joking. So I am the only person I will, I have to have an, a, a type of assistant person now who I get to split with a lawyer, but you have to be like super cheap and you have to be really, really resourceful because really there is zero budget. So there's an icon library called the noun project and you pay an annual fee and you have access to a bazillion icons. And we use those on infographics. We use those on the website. We use those on external marketing. And it's really, really affordable. They gather all these things and they're constantly updating and you can change colors and size and all these kinds of things. That's, that's helped us in that icon top area. I use a thing called PictoChart. Um, I think they're out of Europe. And that's how I make all of the infographs um, if I'm trying to display... Usually I use them for annual things or what we have really started using them for is to help our people that are uh, forming a company. I create an infograph of how it's going to flow as far as people's ownerships percentages. And if one company is going to form two other companies because with this company does X and this one does Y, but they're still owned by the same one and there may be eight or nine owners of it. And you can kind of, it's an easier way to show um, those kinds of things instead of just putting on a piece of paper since, you know, like half the world is visual learners as opposed to 
um, you know, writing stuff down and tactile and all those kinds of things. Those are awesome resources. Another one is Clipfolio. And that's the one we used. I'm not very good at Excel as far as advanced Excel. So I know how to set stuff up and make stuff do computations and all that kind of stuff, but then turning it into an awesome bar graph or a pie chart or all that kind of stuff. The Clipfolio does that for you. You just enter in the Excel sheet and then it does it for you. I think every small firm marketer needs to know about that one. Um, I That's new to me and uh, I'm definitely checking that out as soon as this interview is over. Thanks for that. No problem. And there's awesome there's tons sauce. of other ones that I use like uh, Get Feedback if you're doing surveys or Yes Insights. And most of them are free or super cheap. Well, guess what he just became a part of, Jessica? What's that, Vanessa? The small firm SIG, and he's oh, now an LMA right. member. Micah, I saw your name pop up last week, and I was so excited to see you in that space. Yes, I have done my best to stay away as long as I can, but now I'm going to join all the awesome people. You are coming so, into the fold. Yes, I will. Three people have seen my email address now, so yes, I've made it. <laughs> you have made as, it. I'm an I've official legal marketer now. I'm really <laughs> pretty crazy. excited. Yeah. yeah, it's been, this is my ninth year doing legal marketing with the Allen firm. And uh, I'm actually pretty stoked about uh, getting all the resources and, and yeah. tooling around on the website to try to figure out some things that, you know, we need to work on like pricing and all those kinds of things. Well, and you can share some of these resources with those law firm solo marketing, say, like yes. the, that's saying that's exactly the kind of stuff they share all yeah. the time. Everything so, you just threw down is definitely content for a small firm SIG post. Those are the, those are the, like Vanessa was saying, the questions that get posted and um, resources that are shared. Is there a how-to video for me to learn how to do that? Because just joking, mm -hmm. I'll have to research how to well, do that. we're going to have to talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why Someone don't you show me your hand up and volunteer? I'm sure there we is have a, a Yahoo opportunity group. for you. <laughs> There's an LMA Yahoo group that you might have to join or something. And that also makes you an official member of the LMA Southwest region. Yes, yes. which is the best region. The best here. region. <laughs> no. Yeah, totally. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Now you're in the legal world. Um, I know you've been around the legal world. You've been working with the Allen firm for a while. Um, nonetheless, what's been the biggest surprise for you now that you're in the thick of it? Man, I feel for these one, these, uh, these legal marketers that have, there's just one or two of them. I mean, my personality is I'm an Enneagram five. I'm a visionary type person. Um, the demands of a lawyer. Oh my goodness. I mean, I'm just, I'm just dealing with like seven Micah, people. My gosh, whatever do you mean? I mean, I'm laid back. I'm kind of chill. I've got that musician vibe. Having somebody think that I've got to get something done for them in 15 minutes when it's going to take me two hours to get it done is totally crazy to me. Yeah. And let me tell you, Jessica, he's, he's got that laid back personality and he can do things that a lot of people don't know how to do and have the skill set to do. So he's just like, yeah, that's not going to happen. And they just are like, Oh, oh, okay. Well, when can you get it? And I'm like, I don't know. I need to learn how to do that. Right. So how are you managing their expectations then, Micah? How's that? Tell us your so, tips and tricks. 
I have to use Slack and I have to use Monday.com. Yeah, for, really? for me, Slack is what we decided to use. Um, I know Microsoft has something built into their bundle and we all have the Excel and Word and all that stuff. But Slack seemed to be, at the time when we set all this stuff up, seemed to be more on the forefront of what we needed. So we use that for all of our internal communications. You can have private threads for certain things. Like if I'm scheduling the Christmas party presents and party and all that kinds of stuff, I just have my marketing person and maybe my CEO private on that thread and we don't lose any of that stuff. I hate looking through email. It takes me too long to try to find something. And um, Vanessa can verify that I'm not good with searching through emails, even though there is the little button to search for it. I don't have time for that. Just I can go to Slack and I can see it. The way I work best is through tasks. So I have to use monday.com and even my boss, who's the CEO, Josh, he knows that he doesn't even really have to ask me anymore. He just goes into my uh, Monday uh, dashboard and adds tasks to me and sets a due date. And to oh, me, great. that helps me because then I can, I can somewhat prioritize my time between what he wants me to do and what I really need to be doing. Um, I can kind of judge on, ah, that's probably, I got a, probably a, a day leeway on that as opposed to this thing he asked me to do like two weeks ago. Okay. And so no death by email from Micah Petrie. No, I don't do good. And I have, I mean, unfortunately, Vanessa gets a lot of email. She gets a lot of emails, but I get a lot of emails through like eight different email addresses. Cause I run in, I'm running three different companies. I work for a church. I got my law firm gig and I'm trying to shuffle of all, all these things and I'm not very good at it. Um, but Monday you've, has helped you've gotten me a lot better. I will say <laughs> yes. multitasking for Micah. No, has, has been something he's gotten a lot better at. And I mean, and, and remember I have this crazy job where I work a lot of hours and he has a lot on his plate, but he's actually been the one um, helping with our children a lot. You know, when I was, he's a lot of his gigs or let him work from home. I mean, obviously Stephenville's four hours away from here. So he works for that firm in Austin from home. So he's also running our daughter around and, you know, um, and our son a little bit, of course he's driving now, but yes. And so we've had to learn what works for us in terms of calendars, you know, and, I've never used Monday.com. I think Jessica Aries used to talk about using that. Jessica Aries is good on all things technology. Yeah. So project management, the fact that he uses anything other than like a sticky note or, you know, like his notes function in his iPhone, I think is remarkable for somebody who knows that that's just not kind of where the way they work. Um, he's, he's been able to figure out, and he does have like four different email accounts, which I could not manage. So what I'm hearing is that if you want Micah to do something, Vanessa, you send him a Monday task. <laughs> well, I just, I just send him calendar appointments and add them, like add him to calendar appointments, pick up Addie or, you know, don't forget to schedule this for yourself or whatever it is. And I just add it to his calendar. That seems to work for, for that. If, I mean, listen, we, we live in the same house. We talk all the time, but he, I don't want to, I don't want to be these, one of these naggy wives. It's like, did you remember to do that? Don't forget to pick up the daughter. I just like put in the calendar appointment and he does it. It's and so, sometimes I remember. You know. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes hey, Daddy calls us. <laughs> speaking about being all over all the time and 
and trying to stay connected. I understand that your firm has a connection to Colorado and you come out here periodically. We kind of teamed up with a company called IDM, which is a, a, an outdoor adventure group. And they take small trips between six and eight people uh, every week or sometimes two times a week doing different things. There's a fly fishing trek and then there's a just a four wheeler trip trek and you get there the first day and you kind of get the rules of how to drive things or how to throw a fly rod. And then the next morning at like six or seven a.m. we jump on four wheelers and we drive until we're tired and we're like and sometimes we don't even know where we're at. It's just okay, let's, this looks like a cool spot and we'll set up camp. And then the next day we'll get on four wheelers and we'll either go do adventuring and climbing up mountains or we'll fly fish for five to six hours because it's such a small group of people. It's actually a fantastic kind of bonding experience. Um, we've taken trips with just all the, all, all the lawyers to kind of force, force lawyer fun time. Cause we all know sometimes lawyers don't get along, but when you're stuck in a, in the middle of the mountains for two and a half days, without connectivity. Correct. And sometimes yeah. uh, the great thing is that you're, you feel comfortable enough. You get to air your grievances and sometimes some of the stuff is, is squashed right there. And then when everybody gets back, it's a whole new lawyer team ready to go. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, they do trips all through the summer. It's a nonprofit. They, they, they try to bring, they try to bring people who would never have the opportunity to get in the woods. Uh, it's amazing how some of these um, city lawyers or businessmen or even youth have never had the opportunity to be in the middle of the woods or camp or fish or doing these things. So that's why that it's that's why it was kind of formed to have those opportunities, but also kind of bring a, a spiritual enlightenment part of it as well. That's great. So do you have like a favorite outdoor activity? Oh man. Outdoor activity. I'm not very good. At, I'm I'm, I can do it. And I've caught a bunch of speckled Brown. I think they're Brown speckled trout where we were at. Um, I used to be, I used to fish with my grandpa all the time, but yeah, I'm a sweaty guy. That's probably TMI. But if I'm outside in Texas too long, I, I, it, I just start sweating. I could be doing nothing. I could be standing in the cul-de-sac talking to my neighbor. And then it's like floods blah, blah, and it's, it's just not comfortable. So I spend a lot of time indoors, but I do like riding, riding bikes. If I'm not crazy busy, I can go on walks with Vanessa. I do. I love the Colorado trips. Cause to me, it's like 65 degrees and I'm, I'm, I'm actually finally comfortable. Well, I think you also like riding your big jacked up Jeep in Colorado and having like, well, that's a bonus. That's a bonus part of it. Uh, (laughs) Nothing like trying to climb up to, I forgot the name of that Hill, but it's, we, it's 14,000 feet up. And uh, you you guys did Pikes Peak, right? uh, We do. It's called boot Hill. Mm. It's in Southern Colorado. Yeah. Um, And uh, La, I think it's called La Garita. I think that's the name of the little area. Anyway, it's a, it's a fantastic little spot. Um, we didn't get to take the Jeep all the way up there, but that's actually on the, that's actually on the docket next trip up as we're going to see how high we can take the Jeep. Awesome. You'll have to let us know how that goes. Yes, yeah, ma'am. I, I might go with them one day, Jessica. Maybe I'll just come visit you. Though. Yeah. Just come on up this way. That is right. 
All right, Micah, I want you to be real honest on this question. Uh oh. What yeah, is real it honest. I mean, think of all your clients, <laughs> think of all the people you work with, and tell yeah. us the truth. What has it been like to work with us and how would you rank us against your other clients? Um, man, that's a loaded question. Way to sneak that one in there. No. Um, Did you like I mean, I mean, we were pretty strategic about it. Just, just FYI. We thought our so sound engineer would like it. I'll rank you in between Whole Foods Market and Rush Truck Centers. Okay. I'll take how about that. that. Is, that, that so, is that good? So, well, so back when I used to do audio production for the on-hold messaging and radio commercials and all those kind of stuff, Whole Foods was always the easiest because they just sent us stuff. They were like, here, here's our scripts, record them, produce them, everything else. And Rush Truck didn't, Center. Didn't I get to be a Whole Foods voice? You did. Person? You were the voice of like uh, a Whole Foods up in like the Massachusetts area or something like Cambridge or something like that, which is hilarious. Cause thank you, you have for no... calling whole foods. I didn't have an accent. I guess you you say a... y'all. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah, no, there was no y'all. Vanessa was actually really good. I think she had, I think I used her a bunch uh, a couple of years in. Um, no, it's been great. I mean, you guys kind of actually just leave me alone. You just say, here's the stuff, do what you do. And blah, blah, blah. it happens magic. Okay. Well, but but seriously, though, because uh, how many edits, like, um, uh, Micah, can you do this? Micah, I'm not, can you cut that? I'm not allowed at liberty to say that due to contract uh, renegotiations. Hey, I feel like, you know, we, we do we do okay. But, yeah, there are times where we listen back and we're like, yeah, we're, uh, you know, and God bless Legal Marketing Coffee Talk for being up there live doing that. Oh, uh, gosh, I know, right? Yes, and Jessica and I have opportunity both, to edit. <laughs> yes, Jessica and I have both been a guest on there, and it's nerve wracking knowing everything I say is going to be out there like forever. Where yeah, y'all don't even it. hear the stuff I cut out. Y'all probably forget that you say it. <laughs> I know thank in the back you. of my head, I know that's true. I don't want to face it though. <laughs> so thank you very much, yeah. and let's never talk about it again. <laughs> no, that's for the for the five year anniversary episode. It's just going to be all cuts of those things that you thought I threw away to be bloopers Although you're welcome I've always thought that's funny I always thought maybe we should do a bloopers episode because some of the stuff come on y'all it's, it's pretty funny <laughs> okay so like my favorite is that we've done so far or I guess my favorite little section is Rich Bracken yeah and he was oh, right. talking about he was talking about going from air supply <laughs> to like a seven dust sweat concert or something like that yeah um Man, I need to, I need to go, now that I'm part of LMA, maybe I can have drinks with that guy sometime. You, we can swap and, some, co- swap some concert stories with him and uh, Roy Sexton. Yeah, yes, yes. Y'all would be friends, you and Rich. Yeah, he, I think he would, uh, y'all would get along really well. I think so. And everybody gets along with Roy. Yeah, I mean, he's the best. Awesome. Yeah, I want to, I want to try to out dazzle him at something. <laughs> oh, musical <laughs> Broadway. Oh, uh, yeah, that's my, that's hey, my favorite. Hey. Okay, real quick. I know I'm putting you on the spot, but you do have an amazing singing voice. No. Can, you, can you give us like one line of Les Miserables? No. Or one, uh-huh. come on, one Broadway musical. Come on, one line. It. Can I just can you, make it up? Uh, let's yes, make up some, can, let's make up a weird language. The legal slant. You can sing the legal slant in your Broadway musical voice. And to the stars. 
That was kind of fake. I don't know. I can't do it on the spot. And I got to be, and I got to be standing up. Yeah. Yeah. That Um, that was a lot of pressure. Yeah. I didn't tell we were going to do that, but I think you and Roy, now that we have, you're in LMA when they do the, the talent competition next year. Yes. Uh, I'm going to be clogging, so you have to be singing at some point. You're going to clog? I'll have to, I'll have to figure out a duet. Did you lose a bet? To with Roy. <laughs> I can clog, Jessica. That's my only <laughs> hidden talent. <Without> you. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so tell us about some of your favorite thought leadership resources and why you like them. Man, to be honest, I'm not really that big of a reader. I do read leadership stuff, but it takes me forever to get through it. And... Um, I enjoy, I probably more enjoy the technical side of things. So I'm reading marketing books or uh, website books with WordPress and all those kinds of things. Um, But I'm also a tactile type, do it type person. So I really like to follow videos. And that's a cool, crazy thing about the internet and what our kids have today is we didn't have that stuff growing up. We actually had to go to the library and find a book and actually, or find an expert in it and kind of pick their brain about it. Here, I can go to YouTube or Google or go to somebody else's website. And there's some sort of not instructional manual, but kind of a way they do it that you can figure out how to adapt to how you want to do it. I'm basically a self-taught Photoshop person who has turned it into a graphic design company. I do t-shirts and all these other kinds of things, but I have to learn through doing it. And I usually learn best by watching somebody else do something similar. How did you learn how to build websites? A funny story. Uh, I started doing sound and stuff for a church that was local when we lived here in Kyle. And there was a gentleman who was the executive pastor named Zach White. And um, he, I guess, needed help or something. So he just kind of took me in his wing. He started showing me little things on WordPress. And that was 15 years ago. So I've just kind of continued. Like I said, I watch videos or I see what other uh, cool things that are happening on other people's websites. And then I figure out how to manipulate it or redoing it the best way that I can. I'm not a very good uh, HTML coder. I mean, I can do some coding lightly. Um, I can't get into the guts of it and change a whole bunch of stuff, but I have figured out how to find tools and use the tools to get the website to do what I want. And I've built websites on Squarespace and I've built them on Wix and I've built them on all the things Uh, But to me, WordPress is the more functional for the type of businesses that I deal with. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that um, that is really well, those, that learning style is really well suited to a small firm marketer because you have to do all of those things and sometimes quickly. And if you're watching and yeah, absolutely. I could relate. Well, and I also like that he talked about, you know, sometimes you don't have the job that you really, really want, but you can volunteer somewhere, maybe even at your church doing digital or social media or technology stuff. And you can acquire, or for LMA, I know, you know, when you're volunteering for LMA, you start learning skills that you maybe didn't have because you're, as a volunteer, you're getting to do those things. So I just think it's a good uh, reminder that we can, we can offer our volunteer services and then learn a whole new skill, which is awesome. Yeah, it's, um, you get so much out of that service, right? That volunteer service, because being in a small firm, there are things that I would never get to work on, right? Just because the firm doesn't operate the same way as bigger firms. We don't have the budget as, you know, for some projects like other firms. But in LMA, 
you get the opportunity to be on a committee that's doing really cool things and get exposure to and access to really cool tools. Yeah, you just kind of figure out how to survive. Like we we started the whole Allen firm marketing thing with just trying to be a community leader. Uh, we kind of went with the people aspect of it. Um, the firm was still throwing out um, areas of service or however you label them. And we did that for many years, but we didn't think it was truly us. So we kind of changed our whole marketing thing like three years ago and started focusing on people. We, all of our, our website is people groups that we work for. So farmers and ranchers, um, business owners, entrepreneurs, all those things is the way that we label our areas of service now, as opposed to business litigation, bankruptcy, all those types of things. And that was all from the very beginning because we wanted to be more of a community focused firm. And that's very similar to how big law has transition their focus away from practice areas to industry groups. Yes. Yes. You're ahead of the curve, man. There you go. Boom. Uh, A little bit. It helped. uh, There's a, for small, small law firms who don't really know what direction they want to go or or what their, what the actual uh, vision of your firm, the way your firm wants to operate externally, as far as the optics of it, there's a thing called story brand and it's, uh, I think it's Donald Miller. The story brand gives you step-by-step ways to promote or how externally to sell your company. Yeah, he was real excited when he went through that training of like every, you know, and we've heard this at LMA meetings. It's like, you know, you have to have a story, tell a story on your proposal, tell a story in your experience. Your, um, and Jessica, I don't know if you have something to add there, but I, I think it is, uh, it's, and it's harder for, I think, lawyers to do this because you need, you need some characters, you need a conflict and, you know, it's hard to make someone the bad guy in a story, but that's kind of what uh, sometimes you have to do. Sure. Um, as It's a really cool idea for branding. Sort of in awe because I've been watching, I'm a masterclass junkie these days and there's a lot of authors and some pretty cool authors, you know, Dan Brown's up there, you know, suspense, drama, and they're telling, they're trying to teach people how to tell their stories. And that's exactly what you're talking about. Right. We, um, through the, the story brand thing, you kind of find a villain and you find all those things. So for us, the villain is your, is people's time. People don't ever want to deal with a lawyer. Most, most of the time, um, you never really call a lawyer unless you're in certain situations but in the back end of that, it's really you're mad because something has come up that you got to take your time away from doing it. It's disrupting your life and whatever. So correct. So we had to we changed our whole thing to being we're the law firm that can help you have a peace of mind. We're going to relieve the stress of it because we're going to be so open and honest and authentic with how we're dealing with your case. And it changed everything. We, it changed the, the, the titles that we give our internal staff. Our legal support is now no longer legal support. They're called legal guides because our everybody in our firm will guide you through whatever the situation that you're going through. That's awesome. It's a team approach. It's great client service. We have to thank our sound engineer for helping us put all the pieces of this show together. Yes, Jessica, when we started down this path a couple of years ago, I personally had no idea how much work would happen behind the scenes to produce our podcasts. Thankfully, my husband, Micah, is a sound engineer. 
and he has all the necessary equipment in his home studio. Yes, thankfully. Micah is an LMA member too, and he helps small businesses and law firms with infographics, logo creation, logoed items like embroidered hats, shirts, sweatshirts, and such, and social media campaigns, website development, and obviously podcast production. So if you need any of these services, check out micahpetrie.com or email him at micah at thelegalslant.com. Okay, Micah, so you know this all too well. Um, We're moving into the next segment of the show, Rapid Fire. You ready? Yeah. (laughs) All right. What musical instrument do you wish you could play? I wish I could play the piano better. I that play a lot count. of in- you you play the piano. Yeah, but I don't play How that are good. You on okay. The trombone? Uh I have a that's why I have a son. He plays the trombone <laughs> for any kind of trombone needs. I would love to play the electric guitar and I would love to play the violin. Okay. Uh what's been your favorite legal slant blooper? Man, Roy Sexton is just funny. So <laughs> I mean, I think that was like an hour. It was probably like an hour and 25 minutes that we condensed down because uh, the rabbit holes got bigger and then it was, yeah, I, I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. There was a that lot was of editing in that episode. one. It was so great. Yes. Uh, what was your first car? It's 1976 Jeep jacked up, had the Smokey and the Bandit Eagle no, no. on the front. What was your very first car? It was a car that, that wrecked. <laughs> what was it, Micah? Yeah, we're not going to go there. <laughs> Okay. I don't want everybody to, in the world to know that I'm an idiot. <laughs> uh, where did you get married? I got married in Vegas at the Flamingo Hilton by a guy who said my name wrong. That is no cool. way. He that said is, your name wrong? He called him yes. Michael. Michael Petrie, which uh, Michael is my ex-boyfriend's name slash Mike's best friend name. And he said it like three times. Yeah. Oops. I don't know if that was a hint or <laughs> just a jab. Well, uh, clearly did. it didn't matter because here you are all these years later. No, we did Good meet year. our pastor five minutes before we walked down the aisle. So there may have been, <laughs> you know, some confusion between Micah and Michael. I get it. Uh, where? What is your favorite Broadway musical? Oh, man. Oh, I really like Le Mis. Uh, I like Miss Saigon. Um, even though it's not on Broadway, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers is my favorite movie musical. I made my daughter watch it when she was like seven and she still talks about it. That's she awesome. Does, she does seem to love anything you love. Um, do you cry at musicals? I cry at musicals. I cry at the Hallmark Channel movies that I watch. <laughs> Oh, I, I love that, that about you. What is your favorite channel on cable? <laughs> uh, the Hallmark Channel that and Discovery awesome. and Discovery, mm-hmm. so I can do man things. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> uh, what was your first concert? I think it was Poison, Lita Ford, and Winger. Okay. At yeah, the okay. summit at the summit in Houston, Texas, fourth row. Yes. Um, I will tell you this, Jessica, Micah and I were comparing concerts and we figured out we were both at the Depeche Mode concert in the Woodlands. 
at the same year, almost in the same section. Like, no way. We didn't know each other then, but yeah, we were both at that same concert. Uh, okay. incredible. What are you currently binge watching? What do Gold. you watch when I go to sleep? No, no, you, you're watching something when oh. I go to sleep. Man, I've, this is, there's some really great crime dramas out of Norway and Finland and all those things on Netflix. Yeah, they're, yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, they're not like super action-y, but they're murder mysteries and they're very suspenseful. And sometimes you they're in English overdubs and sometimes they're not. So then you're just kind of guessing at what they're saying. So you can kind of make your own movie out of an hour and 25 <laughs> minute episode, which kind of makes it a little more fun. So they're very like the cerebral crime dramas. Well, I just like movies. I mean, I'm a TV junkie. Vanessa will tell you, I like all things that distract me from everything else. I like to just zone out and I don't pretend that I'm in that environment. I literally, I don't, it, it, I can't think, I don't think of anything. I mean, I, sometimes I don't hear my kids asking me questions cause I'm just like, uh, which is totally Homer Simpson and I'm sorry, but I'm just trying to be real with Well, you're the, 23 the and me did people. come back that you have more Neanderthal DNA than most humans that did happen. That is true. <laughs> So that's where it comes from. So weird. That was that's tr- real, Jessica. That is a hundred percent real. Uh, we'll cut all that out. But yes, I, you, do, <laughs> you do like to de-stress, and I don't think you're alone in this. I de-stress watching HGTV or whatever. Oh, yeah, escapism. But it's escapism, and you you have a lot going on. And when you want to de-stress, you like to watch your gold shows or a Hallmark movie. And then when I go to sleep, he likes to watch very suspenseful, very intense crime jobs. So are you having some weird dreams, Vanessa? You know, maybe. Oh, he knows. I can't watch AI taking over the world. Yes, that is real. I have to be real careful what I watch before I go to bed. Yeah, she can't. I I always try to get her to watch Snapped at like 830 (laughs) at night. And she's like, I can't watch that before I go to bed. No. All right. What was your favorite TV show growing up? Oh man. So I loved watching the A team and my favorite thing was to sit with my grandpa and watch Wheel of Fortune. Oh yeah, uh, my gra- really good at Wheel of Fortune. Ridiculous. My grandpa was very routine based and everything was the same even to the like sometimes the food selection every Tuesday we had X and X and X. But at 6:30 he had his scotch and he was sitting in his recliner ready for Wheel of Fortune. And I would be sitting right in front of him on my pillow, Aww. ready to not know what's really going on, but I could guess some letters. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. I love that story. Well, and he, he, I mean, if he got on Wheel of Fortune, Jessica, he would clean. I would clean up. It's <laughs> bananas how good he is. No um, R-S-T-L-N-E for you. You've got it all figured out. Nope. I and I'm like the letters writer person, and I look at those blocks and I'm just like, I got nothing. And he's like, <laughs> going to the beach. I'm like, what? There's like an E up there. How do you know that? <laughs> All right. What did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, I wanted to be a fireman one time, and then it switched to be I wanted to be a radio DJ. Cause I always thought it'd be cool to just sit and listen to music all day and then talk nonsense on the radio. And then I wanted to be the next Janie Lane of the Warrant lead singer, front man in my leather pants. And that dream could, you know, could still be revived. Yeah, I know. You keep telling me to put songs out or write more music and all those kinds of things. I just, 
maybe if I stop, maybe I should just stop doing everything and then just focus on that. Nah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that. If you had one superpower, what would it be? It better be a good one. If I was being non-serious, it would be the power to spell because I can't spell for nothing. I think, I think Micah has some, some, I think you probably have dyslexia or some disabilities there. My kids both do. I don't. Yeah. I, I suspect that's probably what's going that's on. That's probably why I don't like to read either. No, for sure. But, for um, sure. man, um, superpower. Invisibility would always be cool. But then knowing me as a mischief maker, I would get in more trouble than it's worth. <laughs> what is your favorite vacation location? The middle of Canyon Lake <laughs> on a boat <laughs> with nobody around or whatever. But... Man, Vietnam, if I could go back to Vietnam and just be a tourist and not have to like do missional work, I think not that would be- Not help children in orphanages? I know that. Well, happened. I mean, I was there for a good purpose. I'm just saying there wasn't a lot of time to kind of dive into the culture and kind of- Ah, uh, sure. Man, Would it's... you go back to Sapa or would you go to Hanoi? Well, you have to go into Hanoi. I'd probably spend a couple of days there. Sapa is a European resort. So if you're in the actual city, there's only like- 15 buildings in the whole city but three of them are like european style nice hotels but man the kids are awesome the people are awesome i I would just want to spend more time to get immersed to kind of feel what they actually really go through being able to talk to adults instead of a bunch of rando kids would be but it would be so so much fun so it wouldn't really necessarily be a vacation because i would be doing research all right if you had to get a tattoo today what would it be and why (sighs) tattoos are bad um just joking. I can stop. You have a million tattoos. I know. I don't even want you to think about this question, but um, we ask it of a lot of our guests now. In season two, this is our one of our questions. And I know you love tattoos, and we fight about this a little bit, Jessica, just so you know. I want to. I want the dog and cat question to come back. Um, <laughs> you can totally would, answer the dog and cat question. I mean, it's totally relevant in the world. I would probably get some sort of a guitar on my left hand my left arm i know uh, i have a back tattoo that needs to be covered up but i just don't have a good idea of what i want (laughs) to of what i want to do that yeah all right if you had to live the rest of your life as a mer person or a centaur which one would you choose and why um choose carefully (laughs) centaur why i would be a centaur um, because I would be taller than I am now. And then I could run faster than I can. Now I could just frolic in the fields as a wild centaur. Yeah. I love it. Okay. All right, Micah, that concludes rapid fire and our interview. You did so great. We're so glad that you finally got to come Ooh. on the show. We got to highlight all, I mean, people know you as our sound engineer, but they don't know what an amazing legal marketer you are. And I'm glad That's you right. got to, to share some of those talents with our audience. Um, thank you so much for sharing your grit and your grace with us today. Well, Thanks, thank Micah. you for having me. Thanks. It's been uh, it's been awesome to. It's kind of weird to be on this side of the whole thing, uh, but I'm <laughs> excited to. Uh, I'm actually excited to kind of get more involved in the whole legal marketing thing, so I can learn a lot more to help my firm grow. Because my my next job is to take over Amarillo with a third office. Whoop. Get it done. Wow. Is that an official like tease? Are we the, is that an exclusive announcement? That is an exclusive of what is in my brain right now. 
of where I want to go next. Well, thanks again, Micah. It was great having you on the show. We appreciate you listening to this episode of The Legal Slant. Check out our website at www.thelegalslant.com where you can find all of the thought leadership recommendations shared by our amazing guests. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Hey, listen, we want to get your feedback. So write a review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have an idea for a topic or a guest for us to interview, please email us at info at thelegalslant.com.